Welcome to the Beyond the Boards podcast. Your home for all things hockey. Let's get started. Here are your hosts, Dan Coover and Dylan Terry. Alrighty, folks, we are pleased to welcome on a very special guest today. It is Carson Gasevich, the leading goal scorer on the 2021 national champion UMass Amherst Minutemen, the pride of Buffalo, New York, Bills Mafia, baby, and the comeback player of the year, if they had one. We're just going to roll with that. Carson Gasevich, everybody, welcome on the program. How you doing, man? I'm good, boys. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely great. So I guess my first question for you is, how does it feel to be a national champion? Um, it's kind of starting to, to sink in this week. Uh, when we got back, we had that huge parade that's all over the Internet. That was just like just a really special moment. And um, it's starting to sink in that like what we did, like only one team can do that every year. Um, you can never take that away from us. Like that's going to go down in history. And uh, we did it in like dominant fashion over the course of the playoffs. I think we outscored opponents like 27 to six. I did the math the other day, which is absolutely insane. Um, but it feels great, man. It's great for the school. Great for just all the guys in our team, all the guys, families. It's, it's just a hell of an, it's a hell of a feeling. Carve, our coach, he always says you get what you deserve. And I think we were the most deserving team this year. For many reasons, um, I'm proud of the boys, and it, it feels amazing, man. It's like it's the it's the best trophy you can win, in my opinion, and at the amateur level. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely, and and I know exactly how you feel to be a champion because I'm a big Tampa Bay Lightning fan, and we finally won the Stanley Cup. So I'm a Stanley Cup champion fan, I like to say. Um, so I get it. I get exactly what it's like to be a champ. So. It, don't forget about me over here. I'm a big Hawks fan too. So, I mean, we got three cups in the last 10 years. Yeah, too, we're, so. we're, This is a podcast right. of champions right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Three big, three big champions. I love it. I love it. So Carson, so I was watching some of your highlights. It looks like you're the type of dude who likes to just get in front of the net, like wreak havoc and just score, you know, those dirty, nasty goals. What type of grit do you bring to a hockey team? Uh, I like to think I play with a lot of grit. Um, that's definitely been part of my personal identity on the ice for as long as I can remember going back to high school and, and playing up like through 14 year and stuff. But uh, earlier this year, um, I was definitely a little tentative. I hadn't played a hockey game in pretty much a full year. And uh, I went to the coach's office and they said, literally just stand in front of the net, stay in battles. Like that's all you have to worry about. Like, you don't have to worry about anything else as long as you're staying in front of the net. And I started doing that and it literally started paying off overnight. Like the first couple games right after we had that meeting, I had, I had a bunch of goals and, and that's uh, just something I'm, I'll always carry with me no matter where I go is if you're standing in front of the net, you're going to get chances. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the best place to score, you know, cause hack in front of the goalie, you know, you can get, you know, pucks bounce off your skate or bounce off your stick and whatnot. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, the, dir the dirty ones count too. People don't realize that. Um, <laughs> so you've obviously had a pretty interesting journey to UMass um, through St. Lawrence and whatnot. I know you tore your ACL. Um, 
and that's you know really how you were able to redshirt and whatnot um you know can you talk about that experience rehabbing from that and kind of where it's led you right now yeah sure um it was tough like at first it was when you're hurt no matter what the injury whether you're out for a week or six months it's tough to find your role and identity on a team and um you know, we had a really good group at St. Lawrence. Um, so it wasn't like that hard for me, but it was difficult wearing, uh, I was, I was the captain there along with another guy, Dylan Wolf, and actually two other guys, uh, Lades and Garf. And, um, it was kind of tough to try to lead people, not lead, but it's tough to try to, you know, have a presence somewhere when you're not kind of in the, in the trenches with everybody else. And, uh, you know, it's tough to bond with the guys if you didn't just go through a hard practice or you didn't go through a really, really hard game. And uh, I struggled with that, but I had a really good staff at St. Lawrence, the trainer and the uh, strength coach, and they helped me a ton. Like like I've always said, I think my injured leg is now stronger than my non <laughs> leg because I worked with it so much. Uh, shout out Jared Hatz and Matt Salmon. They were really good for me. And, um, yeah, this summer we had a good group I was skating with. And then uh, – yeah, I was just, I think I was prepared as ever for this year. So going back to your time, I guess I'm going to turn back the clock a little bit. Carson, um, as I said before, I'm a big St. Lawrence fan. Um, I interned with St. Lawrence's uh, sports information office. So I got to see you, uh, you guys play a lot up there. And we actually had your buddy uh, Cameron Buell on our show a couple weeks ago. Got to uh, chat with him a little bit. Tried to get yeah, him to, uh, year. Yeah, tried to, Get him to drop some juicy stories for us, but he uh, didn't see my message in time. So uh, he lucked out there. But um, can you just kind of describe your time at St. Lawrence and what, what it was like uh, those uh, three years before you uh, ended up uh, having the unfortunate injury there? Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It's a great place. Like I can imagine my freshman year, we had a really good team. We had a really good senior class. Um, and that place, like when you're winning up there, it's like, I don't think there's anything like it. I mean, I didn't get to experience the fans at UMass this year, but when we had big games at home, like the Clarkson game, anyone who lives up there knows that the slew Clarkson game is like the most epic thing, like uh, in sports. Like, honestly, I'm not even yeah. kidding. I've never been more hyped up for a game before. Unfortunately, I only got to play in two of them because I was injured for like the other six or whatever, but um, I had a great time up there. It was a great group of guys. It's like a bubble. It's like a small community. It's really different from, I think, any other school. Um, obviously, I wish we won more there. Um, you know, sometimes that stuff's out of your control. What happens, happens. But uh, I, I love it there. I'd go there again. I have no regrets about that. And lucky for me, I, I had the opportunity to go to UMass, which is awesome, too, and, and win a championship. And going to UMass, you got to reunite uh... – with your former, I guess he was the coach at St. Lawrence when you uh, got recruited, right? Or yeah, he, he recruited was... me, coached me before. So did it make things easier with coming into uh, UMass with him as your coach? Yeah, I, I guess I knew what he was like, and that was I knew he was an intense guy. He had really high standards, and um, that set us up for success this year. That set me up for success. I guess I'm someone who's just like, I can kind of handle, I think, I like to think I can handle whatever a coach throws at me and um, told me the standard, what my role, what my intended role is going to be this year. And uh, I think we had a mutual trust that I'd work hard for him and, and he'd do his best for me. And then 
what he has with all of his players, I think he has that trust with everybody. And that was just like, I think that was why we were so good this year. Like there was just mutual trust and respect for all the players and everyone on the staff. Yeah. Was it kind so, of a difficult transition coming in through COVID? And I think I read in the one article about you, you had to meet like your teammates via Zoom and then didn't really get to interact with them in person until like this fall. So was it difficult to develop chemistry with them or were those guys just world-class? I know a couple of your teammates are going to the NHL already and uh, been seeing that the past couple of days. Was it difficult to develop chemistry with them or was it just kind of things clicked right away? Um, it wasn't too bad. Um, God's our captain reached out to me pretty early and he kind of was the first guy I really got to know. And um, once we got there, like it's, it was pretty easy. Uh, you know, hockey, like hockey guys are all, all great guys. Like every, they all, they've all been the new guys. So they're all willing to accept everybody. And um, as far as the on ice goes, I remember like the second day of practice, Jonesy just like absolutely torched me in a three on three drill. And it was like in my head, I was like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, I'm going to be the worst player on the team. I'm going to get cut in a week. <laughs> and I realized it was just Jonesy and that happens to everybody. So. <laughs> yeah, for, for, for sure, man. Uh, that imposter syndrome, you got to look out for that. That gets everybody, man. I feel like in all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a question for you in terms of your play style. So what, what current NHL guy, or maybe a former NHL guy, would you say, I don't know. I don't like to say model your game after, um, but are there any guys, I guess, where you try to borrow some of their tendencies and, and kind of m- make your own style when you're playing? Uh, yeah. I think Anders Lee, he also actually just tore his ACL. I think he's, he's a player I've looked at the last few years. Um, I think he's a beast. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, For sure. He, he wears the C on his jersey. Like, he really does it all. And then kind of the hometown guy growing up who I used to love and when I'm playing well, I think I'm like him, but when I'm not, I'm like, I'm not even close. This guy is Thomas Vanek. Like I was just oh, always buddy. scoring like weird goals, like just finding a way to put it in. And I, I always loved Thomas Vanek. <laughs> that guy was such an underrated sniper. I feel like Thomas Vanek. I mean, that guy, yeah. I feel like when he was in his prime, he was just wheeling and dealing. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Unstoppable. He was nasty. <laughs> oh, for, for sure, man, for sure. So you, so now, obviously, you're playing in the in the AHL with Rockford. Um, you know, so so where do you think, or where, where do you hope to go? Are you just going to go on every day, keep battling, and, and hope and hope for you know keep keep moving up the rankings there? Yeah, that's the goal. Um, that's always been the goal since I was a kid. This is a great opportunity for me. I mean, like I, I a year ago, where I was, like I would have never even imagined this right now. So. I'm going to keep rolling with it and just keep working my hardest and keep trying to push myself. Cause what I found out this year is like, you don't even know what you're capable of or like what your like your dreams can come true at any moment. And that happened this year. And so I'm just, I'm going to push like forever until I, until I don't want to play anymore. I'm going to always keep pushing to accomplish those dreams. That's great to hear, man. Love the motivation. Buffalo is a great city with, great sports fans people don't realize that so i've got to i've got to talk a little bit of bill's football with you because you know 366 sports we're big football people we love hockey we love football um i consider hockey and football like my i love them both equally but differently um 
but I got to ask you for the Bills drafts in a couple weeks. Who do you want to see on the Buffalo Bills come NFL draft time in a couple weeks? Um, that's a good question. We're in a unique position where I've never been in this position where we could actually draft whoever the hell we want. Yeah, it's like very whole, nice. A, a top 10 pick and it's been like, all right, we need to fill this need like desperately. Yeah. And we don't have to do that for once. But I think, I mean, our offense last year, I think if we had a running game, we probably would have, like, been the best. We already were close to the best. I think we would have been. I kind of want Najee Harris. I know that's like – I think yeah. he's a big – catch the ball in the backfield. And I haven't really looked at the linebackers. I know we could use some linebacker D-tackle depth. But I think Najee Harris, to me, you can't go wrong with a guy like that. Yeah, I think you guys are kind of in the position where, like, it could be like a rich get richer situation, if you will, where right. it's like you guys are – you're right. There are no glaring holes on that team. So, yeah, if you add a Najee Harris to an already insane offense with, you know, obviously Josh Allen, who I've been a Josh Allen guy from day one. Um, I know all the haters and losers always make fun of him, yes, but I've always sir. been a Josh Allen guy. Um, but, yeah, adding like a guy like Najee Getting Edward Solaire last year. Right, exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, cause they didn't have any glaring needs. Now, obviously they need to address their offensive line, but the bills. Yeah. I think you guys could absolutely be making a run this year again. Um, and hopefully, I mean, how, how, how crazy do you think the city of Buffalo would be if, you know, the bills finally won a super bowl or the Sabres were finally able to win a Stanley cup? How, how, it, how much would that mean to the city of Buffalo? It would mean, I would be more excited if the bills won the super bowl than I was winning the national championship. Like I'll say it. <laughs> I would, I truly would. I love that. I love, I love yeah. them. So that would be unreal. So that's, that should tell you all you need to know. Maybe not. That is spoken like a true Buffalo bills fan. Maybe right not there. the national championship, but like neck and neck. Yeah. <laughs> right, so I, like, oh, here, that's incredible. Here's a question for you. Would it be the same reaction if the Sabres won the Stanley cup? Yeah, I think so. Maybe not. For, <laughs> maybe not for me now, because I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. But I think for everyone gonna... else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, who who has the best wings in Buffalo? Ooh, my friend <laughs> made like a wing rankings this past summer. There's two really good ones that I like: Forty Thieves on Elmwood and Gabriel's Gate on Allen Street. So if you're ever in town, Forty Thieves and Gabriel's Gate. My two favorites, probably. I love right. it, man. I'll, I'll have to check it out next time I'm out that way. Fair, though, I was, like, kind of hung over when I went to 40 Thieves, so I think they might not be <laughs> I thought they were at the time, but they hit the spot at the at the time. Absolutely. So, so when you win the Natty, I guess my question would be, how hard have you guys been going for the past, like, week or so? Like, has it just been, like, a nonstop – awesome time party time like the whole campus is loving you guys right now like how how what is the celebration after you won a championship truly like because it looks like one of the most fun parts about winning yeah when we got back sunday um when we flew home outside our rink there were probably like 1500 people outside and it was insane like it was like the most incredible thing i've ever seen with all the all the people and like the excitement on everyone's face. Like it was the first time anyone's really been able to like kind of break the rules, I guess, in unison and there's <laughs> so it was really cool to see that many people. And then obviously for me, I kind of had to 
cut the celebration short because the opportunity here. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think the guys are still enjoying themselves very much. It's a week later. <laughs> Amen to that. That's how it yeah. should be, man. That's how it should be. Yeah, for sure. So Dan bringing up the national championship reminded me of what my question was before I lost it. So <laughs> when you were in the middle of the NCAA tournament, um, the news broke out that you were going to miss the semifinals because of the being COVID contact traced or something like that. Could you go through the emotion of what that roller coaster was of you uh, missing the national semifinal against, uh, well, my buddy Wyatt Kaiser in Minnesota Duluth? <laughs> yeah. Uh, at first, we were like, we don't have it, so we're fine. And then we lived with the guy in our team who had, like, we had a room of four people, but. I personally like hadn't been around him for two days and I was like trying to communicate that with the contact tracers and they just didn't seem to care because we lived together. Um, And then I was just like, honestly pissed off. Like to be completely honest, athletes are the best shape human beings on the planet. I don't even think you should be getting tested at this point. That's my personal opinion. And then second of all, being sent home from the regional was kind of setting us up for failure rather than doing a bubble like the basketball tournament. So I was pissed off. I was just looking for reasons to be mad. Once I settled in, it was okay. But watching that game was so nerve wracking and the boys like stepped up big. They, they played so well in overtime and I was just so happy and proud of them that they gave us the opportunity to play again. Yeah, I was watching that game live, dude. You guys came out in overtime, and Duluth did absolutely nothing. You guys were just controlling every single shot, every single defensive play. Just just made Duluth look like a high school team in that overtime. <laughs> yeah, stepped up big time. I was sweating, like, so hard watching that game. Yeah, for sure, man. So I know there's been a lot of talk, like, with college athletes as to, like, um, you know, Oh, was it worth it? Like all the sacrifices you guys had to make and stuff like that. Like, like if it, do you think if you could do it all over again, would you make the choice, you know, subject yourself to all like the testing, the quarantining, all that stuff for the opportunity to go win that ship? Yeah, absolutely. No question. It, I mean, no question at all. It, it didn't even seem abnormal cause everyone had to do it. So right. it was just routine. It just, it just turned into part of your life and we handled it. I think better than anyone else. And that's totally one of the reasons why we won. Yeah. Because I saw all summer specifically with like college football and stuff, like all these journalists who are like, Oh, we can't play. Like, but it's like the kids want to play. Like the people who are playing the game love playing the game probably more than pretty much anything else in their life. So um, I'm, I'm really glad it was a really entertaining, you know, frozen four this year, man. And, um, I mean, getting the chance to get that dub, get that ship, it, you know, it must have been absolutely incredible um, for you guys. So congratulations on that. Dylan, you have any final questions? Um, yeah, I was going to ask him. So when I talked with Cameron and actually when I interviewed Wyatt uh, Kaiser from UMD, he told me that there was a lot of like restrictions with COVID going on and stuff. I think Wyatt told me that they had to go inside the arena a certain way, outside of the arena a certain way. They had like three locker rooms or something like that. Was that something you guys had to experience too? And uh, over there in the hockey East. Yeah, we did that a lot earlier in the year. Um, like we had pods for like a month and a half. We could, we didn't skate as a team. And then we just kept, we just kept testing negative and we kept being smart about it. And Carvey just did a great job handling all the other 
stuff that we needed to deal with. So we were so isolated from that. It, it was awesome. Like we didn't have to worry about any of it until obviously the contact tracing in the tournament, but we had, we had some of that. And then towards the end of the year, once everyone was negative and we just were being smart about it, we, we got to, we got to have our own locker room and stuff and work out together, but we had the masks up social distancing. We had all that stuff too. Gotcha. So are you going to play for the ice hogs right away here after you finish quarantining or are you just going to wait and play next season or you got any uh, future plans there with them? Yeah. Plans to play this spring. So first game's Wednesday, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. Alrighty. Hey, Amen to that, man. Well, listen, we're rooting for yeah. you. Uh, we're hoping you pull it out and listen, you'll have to come back on the podcast. Hopefully when we have a much bigger podcast and you are hopefully breaking into the NHL. <laughs> hopefully. So. <laughs> it'll it'll be good well kind hey, of like a, true, where are right? they now yeah exactly. what's that dreams come true yeah dreams do come true listen That's man right. and you're and you're proof of that you know you've you've gone through the adversity you've gone through the battles and um you know if there's anybody you know like your coach always says right you get what you deserve and you know go keep earning that thing man oh yeah absolutely boys thank sure. you so much for coming on man we'll uh we'll talk to you later all, all right, right thanks, thanks carson guys. see you later you. bye-bye Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Beyond the Boards podcast. If you enjoyed it, we hope you will leave us a rating and review, as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Find us on Instagram at the Beyond the Boards podcast, on Twitter at Beyond underscore Boards, on Facebook, Facebook.com Beyond the Boards podcast, and on TikTok at Beyond the Boards podcast.